This ministry has been made available by Kenneth Higgins Rama Bible Training Center, Nigeria. In Acts chapter 3, actually, isn't that where I was? Now, what does it uh, mean again uh, to have the power of attorney? A legal right for what? A written authorization. This is written for a reason, is that right? Okay. It's a written authorization to represent or act on another's behalf in private affairs, business affairs, or some other legal manner. And what I'm trying to do, and I think this is important, is to uh, show you that legal right that we have. Amen? Amen. Because in the middle of the night, and you're, you're suffering from something, or you're dealing with something, or you're ministering to someone, you have to know what the Word says. Because Bible faith begins when? Where the will of God is known. Amen? You can't have Bible faith unless you have the Bible. So when you go to minister to someone, uh, I was listening to Brother Hagen as you were. Uh, it, just brought, it, it always brings back so many memories of sitting in the class. Um, I went back, uh, I was in the third class. Uh, the first one started in 74 and ended in 75. They graduated in 75. I was in the class that graduated in 77. Those were the days where Brother Hagen was still teaching every day at the school. So there were days we had him for an hour and a half or two and a half hours every day. That was kind of nice. Especially when you get there in the class and classroom, some of the classrooms were about this size. They may be a little different. But uh, being this close to Brother Hagen, and I didn't know anything about the Bible. I thought I did when I came there. Took me about two weeks to understand I didn't know anything. You know, what I'm, you know what I'm talking about? Sometimes when you're teaching someone something, do we have any golfers in here? Anybody like to golf? Okay. I, uh, I learned how to golf just by my, my best friend, the, the fellow that led me to the Lord. He invited me to golf with him one time, and I'd never golfed before, and I went out and did pretty good. But I just developed my own swing, you know? And then when I was in, uh, on the high school teams, uh, finally the, 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 the coach came to me and he said, uh, do you want, to, you want to score a lot better? And I said, sure, I'd like to do that. He says, then, he says, if I'm going to teach you, I have to take away everything that you have. <laughs> and so he says, well, show me your swing. And I did that and he says, okay, you're doing everything wrong. And so he broke it down, and for about two or three weeks, I felt like I should have been playing another sport because I couldn't do anything. And then after a while, after he changed things, and that's what it is being taught the Word. You think you know things, all right? But a lot of the teaching, it's taking away things that we've leaned on for so long. You know, ask people why they do certain things, and... They're apt to say, well, we've always done it that way. That's not always good, is it? That, that's kind of religious. 
All right? And so, uh, and that's how I felt at Ramah when Brother Haig was te- teaching. I, I was like, uh, oh, what, yeah, what? And I, you know, it's just like he was taking everything away. Yeah. So, uh, do we have the power of attorney? Let's prove it. Okay? And I was in Acts chapter 3. It says, Now Peter and John went up uh, together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Uh, You know, that means that he saw Jesus go in and out of there. Is that right? He saw Jesus go in and out of there. Um, Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. And Peter, are you with me? Can you hear me all right? And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, look on us. Now, I think some other things were going on here. I'm not going to take the time. But you can walk by certain situations for years and not notice it, and then suddenly you fasten your eyes on something. Mm -hmm. I've noticed this over the years. If I start thinking about someone, if I start thinking about someone, and it's not just one day, it could be another day, and I start thinking about them, there's a reason I'm thinking about it. It's like you fasten on to something. Do you know what I'm talking about? Um, anyway, that's a whole other teaching. Uh, and he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, silver and gold have I none. I think that's an important statement right there. Evidently, you don't have to have money all the time to be able to minister to people supernatural things. Thank you for your enthusiasm. Yeah, not all the time uh, uh, are you going to have your pockets full of money. Amen? But if we only go do things and obey God only when we have money or feel like, you know what I'm talking about? Then we're being led by money, aren't we? Mm-hmm. My first trip to, to come to Africa, I always wanted to, uh, wanted to, to come. I could see myself do it. But uh, when the opportunity opened, I was out of a position. I had no income. No income. Do you understand? No income, right? <laughs> and so uh, they, they said, uh, would you be willing to go? I said, okay, just give me, you know, let me call you in a week. And... Uh, and I'll give you my answer. And so I went into my little side room in the house and I said, Father, in the name of Jesus, I know that this is what, you know. I said, here's an opportunity. I've always wanted to do this. If you want me to go, I'll go. I said, but the, you know, once I commit, I have to commit. And I got up from my prayer time thinking, this is the time to go. And so uh, I called him. I said, I... I said, uh, I'm going to. I'm just going to have to raise at that time because there was other things that we were doing. Uh, and this was in 1983. Uh, $3,000 is what I had to come up with 
in just a short time. And uh, they might as well have said three million. <laughs> you know, as far as I could say, I mean, it wasn't. But I, but I had it in here, and I said, okay. And I, I already told the, the Lord, I said, uh, I, said um, I now claim $3,000. Because that's what I have to go to obey. Okay, and that's exactly what came in in two weeks. And uh, $1,000 came in from a church that didn't like me at all. <laughs> they were mad at me over something. I can tell you what it was. It's kind of silly, but uh, uh, they were upset about something. I told them no one time. That's what's, what they were mad at me for. But uh, uh, anyway, it all came in right away. But if I went solely on whether I was going to do it, whether I had the money or not, a lot of times we're led by money, aren't we? Yeah. But you better make sure before you commit that it's what God wants you to do. Okay? Did you hear what I just said? You better make sure. Okay? Don't go commit to something that God isn't moving you over into. Okay? So anyway, uh, let me get back to here. He says, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Peter said, I don't have money to give you, but let me give you something that I do have. Peter believed and acted like he had access to the name of Jesus. That's an important thing. Amen? Because do we have the written, do we have the written permission to act on somebody else, to speak on somebody else's behalf? Well, this appears to be so, all right? Later on uh, in this whole discourse in chapter 3, uh, uh, he talks about, uh, and faith in his name. Everyone say faith. faith. Faith in his name has made this man what? Whole. Um, you might be the next chapter, but anyway, uh, hath made this man whole. Did you know you're to develop faith into the, in the name of Jesus? Now, I've heard it taught differently. I've heard it taught that you don't have to have any faith. You just speak the name. I always watch about lazy Christianity. People that want you to do all their praying for them. Amen? I could tell you stories. I, I just had a situation. This will never get back, but uh, I had a situation just recently where somebody's starting up uh, and going to be a, uh, an instructor at a, a Christian university. But when they were at school, in classes, they never took any notes. As a matter of fact, they didn't go to a lot of the classes. But now they have an opportunity to step into a, a very nice position and he has no notes. Besides that, he doesn't have much life experience either. He's just kind of famous. And so he contacted me. This is somebody that usually wouldn't even talk to me. Oh, Brother BB, just appreciate you. Just always have enjoyed your teaching. Oh, by the way, can I have a copy of all your notes? <laughs> well, I have Bible course notes for... 20 Bible uh, on college level, I have 20 sets 
All right, do you understand that? I've taught that, actually, now I'm, I, it's, it's more than that. Um, why would I contribute to their laziness? Are you listening to me? You see, I don't understand students not taking notes unless they can't write. Do you know what I'm talking about? But you can get tapes and you can listen. All right? And I'm not being critical there. I've, I've helped people learn how to read. All right? So uh, to get them back where, up to where they should be. Amen. We need to dig deep on some of these things. You're not going to have faith in the name unless you have been in the Bible yourself. Your nose in your Bible. I was going to have you do that, but that's, I'm not, I won't. You get it in here. And I'm going to tell you something. It's not, it won't come just by listening to the tapes. But Brother Bibi, it comes by, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word. I know, but you have to find the place where it's written. Otherwise, you'll be saying things, well, I believe that because Brother Hagen said it. And he would not like that. He wanted you to believe God's Word because it's God's Word to us. Amen. Had a situation once. I told you earlier things happen when you're not ready for them. Yes. You, you don't know when you have to be strong for other people. You just don't know. I've come on, uh, up upon uh, car accidents and, and all kinds of things. People doing things uh, have gotten hurt in the neighborhood or wherever. Things suddenly, you're in the middle of it. What are you going to do? And usually, what comes out of our mouth is what we have had our eyes looking at and our ears listening to. Okay? So, uh, oh, I could tell you a couple of stories here. But anyway, I got a phone call, and it was somebody from our church. And uh, I could hardly understand what he was saying. It was something about his nephew, who was a teenager. Uh, what? when I say teenager, 18, 19 years old. Um, he's in the hospital, can you come? And then he told me the name of the hospital. I said, I'll be there. So that's all I knew. Um, first of all, he was so upset, he told me the wrong hospital. It was quite a distance for me to go in the first place and then get there and it was the wrong hospital. Then I had to search around to try to find where he was. So from the time that this incident happened, to the time they got uh, this young man's uh, body to the hospital. Anyway, it was just, it, it was like five hours before I, I was able, you know, find, to be able to find him. And so uh, I didn't even know what was going on. I had no idea. So um, let me tell you something about the young man. He was a very rough uh, uh, young man. Uh, he's a big kid. Uh, he... Uh, His parents abandoned him when he was young. He was on his own. His uncle happened to take him in. His uncle lived in our, or went to our church. And that's how I got to know him. But by the time we got to meet this young man by the name of Kenny, Ken is what his name is, Kenneth, he, uh, 
he was a real rough kid. He accepted the Lord in our church, and but he didn't have any good father figures. You know what I'm talking about? Or didn't really have a mom that cared for him, and so he had his aunt and his uncle, and it was just a weird thing. So he didn't really know how to behave himself all the time, but he was a big kid. When he would go to, uh, at first of all, he wouldn't hardly come near me, but after a while, he'd want to come up after church and give me a big hug whenever he saw me. But he'd hug so hard, <laughs> is, I mean, ugh, and I'm not a small guy, but he was bigger than me. He'd just grab, all, just grab a hold of me and just, you know, I said, I love you too, Kenny. Let me go, you know, uh, but that was his affection. And he had trouble relating to the other teenagers. But he was a loved person in our church. And people started to, you know, they just started to let him come on into their lives. It was really good. So he's starting to grow spiritually. And thank God he didn't grow any further. The other way, he was a big kid. And um, I noticed he hadn't been at uh, church for a while. And his uncle had told me that he was going uh, into a training school, like a vocational school. And that's where this incident happened. I found out most of this information after I got there to the hospital. Um, what I found out at his training school, he was training to be a lineman, you know, up on the uh, telephone poles or the electrical poles. Uh, I started going through that same training when I was his age, okay? And, um, you have to climb with these hooks that, you know, fix on your legs and these hooks, you go on up it and you've got a belt. And can you imagine me doing that? But my dad, my, all my uncles and both my grandfathers were linemen. So I knew what Kenny was doing. But he was at the training center. Something went wrong. He was supposed to move from one pole to the next and he fell. 60 feet. 60 feet. If you fall 10 feet, it can kill you. 60 feet, we don't have a class at Rama on ministering to people that have fallen 60 feet. When I got the phone call, I was busy with some other things. I think there was a funeral, uh, uh, getting ready for, to do a funeral. I was in another place. And one of the, it was just so inconvenient. Isn't that awful? People are inconvenient when they have serious problems. But when I got to the hospital and saw his uncle, and his uncle is just weeping, weeping. And said, uh, he said he fell at school. And then he said he fell 60 feet. And on the inside, I just, oh boy. My mind was just, it couldn't grasp. We're not designed to land like a bird. You know what I'm talking about? We're just not designed like that. He fell 60 feet, landed head first, like a, they said like a dart hit the ground. I found out all this other stuff later. They happened to have a, an ambulance there because they, at a training school you have to have these technicians there to help in case of an accident. So they got to him right away, but he was dead on the ground. 
he was dead. They put him on a ventilator, but he was a mess. And so um, the nurse wouldn't let me in. Uh, he was in intensive care, and so uh, I get over there, and here's the uncle right on my shoulder. He's a big guy too, and he's just he's weeping, and just he was just soaking my shirt. He because he felt like he lost his his son. Now he had children, but he didn't have a son, and so Kenny was like a son to him. And so I'm trying to walk with him on me, and I'm go, this nurse, and uh, I don't need to probably go into the detail, but about her. She's doing her job, but she was not going to allow me in to see Kenny. I said, well, I'm his pastor. She goes, I don't care who you are. That's her attitude. And by the way, I don't think I could have taken her in a fist fight. She was a... Yes. She, uh, and she's just adamant. She, You're not going in. And I said, ma'am, I'm trying to be as nice as I can because I know if they say no, it's no. And so finally, after pleading with her, I said, I'm not going to touch him. I'm not going to be anywhere near. Let me go in. No, you're not going in. I said, well, I'm, a, I'm, his, I'm his pastor and we just want to go in and pray. I don't care who you are. You're not going in there. She, he, she said, you can pray out here. But I felt on the inside I should go. I said, I said, ma'am, I could have done something else because I knew people at that hospital with doctors in front of their name. Didn't go that way. Didn't do the political thing. Didn't have to. I finally said, just one minute. And please, you can go with me and make sure I don't do anything wrong. And finally she goes, all right, one minute. And we went in. The nurse the uncle, and me. All right? What a, what a group. Because I'm just, I feel nothing. Do you understand? My mind is going, he's probably not even there now. The breathing machine just, just keeps your, the functions going for, he was dead on the ground. So do you want me to tell you what he looked like? Well, I can describe it, and you can use your own imagination. His skull was fractured in large pieces. They said it looked like a jigsaw puzzle. His skull was just all broken. All the bones in his face were fractured. Everything. His neck wasn't broken, and his back wasn't broken. But all the bones... Here, and his arms were broken, shoulders broken, ribs broken. And with that fractures to the skull, his brain had started to get extremely large. You could not tell. I would never have been able to recognize him because the ground was muddy and then there was blood everywhere. And I go in, and here he is, and they've got tubes and breathing machine on him. And it, it, they had him on the same table that they do the autopsies on. Okay? 
You never know when. You just never know when. And the only thing I could think of is what I'd been studying on. You want to know what the subject was? The authority of the name of Jesus. Wasn't the first time I ever studied it. I study this on a regular basis, but at least once a year, sometimes more. I'll just go back again. Matter of fact, in my Bible, it's still marked. Every reference to the name of Jesus is marked in there. I can take you through the book of Acts if you like. And I'll show you how important it was to that early church. Of the which we are of. Anyways, it was a mess. I felt nothing. Do you understand that? Nothing. Other than my mind was saying, he's gone. My mind is trying to think of how am I going to talk to everybody about that? How am I going to... I'm thinking, actually, I'd had thoughts of of what the funeral was going to be like with all the teenagers that loved this young man. I already had those thoughts. The reason I'm telling you this detail is that I want you to know we're all human. Amen? But we happen to be humans with the Holy Ghost on the inside. And we have the Word of God. So I just, and I don't want you to think certain things, and this is why I'm giving you the detail on it. Felt nothing. His foot was, his feet were towards me, and I didn't get close. I told her I wasn't going to touch her, touch him. And um, so I said, uh, I said, well, let's pray. And I just put my hand out like this towards the bottom of his foot. I was maybe that far away from his foot. And I said, Father, in the name of Jesus. And that's as far as I got. It appeared, now this is just what it looked like. I don't know what really happened. It appeared like he had some sort of a, uh, what is it, a uh, convulsion. But his whole body lifted right up off the floor, or off the, the thing like this. It, 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 what it looked like to me, it was a boom, like this. And everything went, you know, every, all the lights, noises, everything was going off. And, uh, and the nurse grabbed me. <laughs> she grabbed me and got a hold of me and said, get out of here now. And I'm out, all of a sudden I'm out of the room, and the uncle is with me. I don't know how he got out, <laughs> but I'm out like that. And so we go out, and we, I can't hear anything, because now they've moved us back down. And so uh, we're waiting there, waiting there for a while, and after a while, uh, you know, a couple hours later on, they still, still haven't heard anything. And so, um, and I was talking to his uncle, and he says, he said, Pastor, just, we're going to be here all night. He says, we'll be in touch with you. We'll be in touch with you if you, if you need to go back, and which I did. I had, to, I had to go, but I had my phone with me, and so I could have returned at any time. You want to know what happened? Yes. Within 24 hours, every... Every part of his skull went back into place on its own. On its own. 
Everything in his face was healed. They didn't do any surgery on him. They just kept watching him because his, the, the swelling on his brain went down instantly. And then, uh, uh, you know, hearing his uncle call me, it just still gets me, you know, because he's laughing, crying, and everything. Kenny's still alive. I said, well, we, we just believe, don't we? That's all I could say. We just believe. I don't know all this details going on. They eventually, with him, they just they put his arms in casts. They didn't know what else to do. Everything else was mending up on their own. The power of God got in his body and just kept working on him. Working on him. And so they kept him because they thought any time he's going to die. They kept him in the hospital for the longest time. And then, uh, I forget how long it was, a week or two later on, I'm at my office in the middle of the day uh, just before the Wednesday night service. And uh, I, heard the, I heard somebody come in the front door, and so I just stepped on out because it was early. And here comes Kenny. And he's, he's, got the, he's got the things on his arms like this. And I said, how are you doing? He says, I'm fine, Brother Bibi. He says, but I'm here to go to church. He said this, he said that while he was, oh, by the way, he was dead. I didn't, know the, I didn't know the dead part until he called me on the phone later. Because honestly, if I knew he was dead, I'm going to be honest with you, I would either have been totally defeated or I'd have tried to do something. You know, just like, you know, you're going to do something. Because how many know you gotta you got to do something much bigger on the bigger stuff? Now it's faith in the name. Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as we have, give I thee. Well, Kenny says, uh, Pastor Baby, I'm not going to miss church anymore. He said, I got out of church and I started getting back into my old ways. He says, I saw Jesus. And he said, he said, get back into church. Stay in fellowship. That's what, that's what Jesus told him. That sounds like Jesus, doesn't it? Yeah. Now, I did make fun of Kenny because the bruising that he went through, he's pretty light skin complexion. These bruises, he was yellow for a while. He was blue for a while. These bruises, would kept, we'd make fun of him. I said, Kenny, I don't know what color you're going to be next time I see you, but you're welcome here. <laughs> but there was a softness to him after that. And I just re- ran into his mother the other day, uh, just in passing, just uh, uh, saw her and didn't have time to ask, but he's still doing fine. He's absolutely no problems in life as far physically that I know of. But you never know when you have to be strong. Now I've had students say, Brother Bibi, you have a special anointing on you. Do you think do you think that that's really the discussion we should be having? Isn't the discussion is on how wonderful Jesus, the anointed Savior of the world is? Shouldn't he get the credit for it? I have to tell you what I felt. I felt nothing. Didn't feel anything leave my hands. Didn't see, see lightning bolts. 
I, I, didn't, I didn't even see him come back to life. Hello? The name of Jesus. But you have to have faith in it. You say, well, I just don't use that name very often. It's because you don't believe in it. I don't know how many hours I have. I could spend the rest of this time just talking to you and telling you testimonies of just people in our small church. You know? It's the name. But I've also noticed in society they don't want to hear that name now. They don't want to hear the name. They don't want to hear the name. I ask pastors when I travel from time to time, I'll ask them, well, what have you been teaching on? What are you teaching on? Is there anything, you know, just what, what, what have you been teaching on? And uh, it's usually on leadership, prosperity. Yeah. Trying to get their people to, to serve in the church helps. I mean, those are important things. But they're not the most important things. How can we minister? How can we minister if we are not developing our faith? I can sit here and li- I could s- listen to Brother Hagen all the time because he spent the time. Everyone wanted Brother Hagen's anointing, but they don't want to invest the time he spent in prayer and in study. We're living in a time where just say, well, just lay hands on me so I can have your anointing. Are you kidding me? I wish it was that easy. Oh, if I just have somebody else lay their hands on me, I'll get everything they have. You do not pick up everything they have. And you should thank God that you don't pick up everything they got. Because you don't know everything they got in their life. Okay? I want to know what the Word says. I want to follow those people that walk in love. I want to, talk, I want, I want to walk with those people that have a, a love for those that are unsaved. All right? People that are, that, are, that are hurting. Those are the people I fellowship with. All right? How about you? Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. I can tell when I've been talking too much and not going down my notes because my screen goes black on my hair. All right. Let me give you a couple others there. In Philippians chapter 2, I'm just giving you some things, not necessarily in the order I normally teach them. But Philippians chapter 2, it says, Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, speaking of Jesus. Verse 9, Philippians 2, 9. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a what? A name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus... Every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in the earth and things under the earth. All right? And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Do you do realize that there's going to be a great white throne judgment? And at that judgment, anyone who's ever lived will be judged. And at that judgment, not everybody's going to end up with God at the end of it. Do you understand that? 
Okay? But everyone at that time, all of them will have to bow their knee and confess. It won't result in their salvation. They will have to confess that Jesus is Lord. But the verse that I just read to you is not talking about the great white throne judgment. Let's go back and read it. The bells. Do I have 10 minutes? Thank you. Right. It says, Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. Verse 10. That at the what? See, we're not talking about at a throne sometime where somebody's going to have to bow. Is that right? It's not talking about them now. Things in heaven and earth and under the earth are going to have to bow at that time before Jesus. But this is, but at the what? It has to bow now at the name of Jesus. Well, let's just try it and see if it works. Didn't the seven sons of Sceva try that? I adjure thee by the Jesus whom Paul preacheth. No, they didn't really believe. They were trying it. So many Christians try things because they heard somebody teach about it. Let's see, I heard so-and-so teach this and that. I'll, I'll just do what they did. It doesn't benefit you that way. You have to take it because it's God's Word to you. Amen? So we're still trying to prove this. Do we have this right? Well, who has the name today? The church does. Okay. In Hebrews 1, it says, uh, talking about Jesus, it says he hath, uh, by inheritance, obtained a more excellent name. Okay. Now, in John chapter 16, let's see if I can get a little bit done here before our break. It seems like I just stood up a few seconds ago. In John chapter 16, and in verse 23, Jesus is talking. And it says, in that day, 1623, John 1623, is that where I sent you? And in that day, ye shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily I say unto you, it means of a truth, of a truth. I say unto you, whatsoever ye shall ask the Father, what? In my name. Now this is Jesus. How many think that he, he didn't have a day when he had to go pray in the mountain at the end of the day when he said, Father, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said what I said. Do you think he was ever confused? No. No, no. But evidently, according to this verse, Jesus seemed to believe that we had access to approach the Father in His name. And that, my friends, is the power of attorney. Peter thought it was so. Paul actually did. But when Jesus is the one, He says, no, don't pray to me. You pray to the Father in My name. Doesn't that kind of prove it? What's there if you ask in my name?
That's pretty good. Is this helping you? I should warn you that you get teaching along these lines, you're going to have a chance to use it. Yeah, you, you'll probably have some opportunities, but jump right in. Jump right in. If you hesitate, then it's because we don't believe. Okay. Uh, I heard Brother Hagen just use this verse just a little while ago in, in John, or uh, excuse me, Mark. Just here, just a second. I just. Computers are wonderful, but if you touch the wrong thing, they're not so wonderful. In Mark 16, starting with verse 15, and he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. That's in the King James, there's a semicolon there. Okay? A semicolon. Gives you a pause, but then continues. But did you know in the original languages there was no punctuation? There was no numbers like first, second, and third verse. All right? So you have to sort of try to figure out how the punctuation is. If you read it the way I just did and hesitated, and these signs shall follow them that believe. Okay? But if you leave that semicolon out, it might make a little bit more sense. These signs shall follow them that believe in my name. Okay? That's just for your own study. It's just possible. But you can't disprove of what I've said being unscriptural because we have to have faith in that name. In my name they shall cast out devils. Brother Hagen just mentioned that I think, on that uh, video. Cast out devils. Doesn't say, it doesn't say talk with them. Just cast them out. It says, they shall speak with new tongues. If they take up serpents, uh, they shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. All right? What's interesting there is that these are things associated or should be associated with people that believe in the name. Okay? How can you believe in the name unless you study about it? Mm-hmm. So the next time we ever talk or meet someplace, I'm going to look at your Bible and I'm going to see if you've underlined every reference to the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. How many minutes do I have? Before, uh, before I got four minutes. We can do a lot in four minutes. I can't tell a story in four minutes, but I can... Uh, these signs, yet yeah, we get all excited when somebody gets healed. It should be normal. Amen. It should be normal. People getting saved every day should be normal to us. Every day, normal to us. John 14, and I'm reading in verse 13, Jesus is speaking. He says, And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you, verse 14, if ye shall ask anything in my name, what? I will do it. That's pretty powerful. So what are we asking him to do? 
I'll tell you what happens as ministers. We get into a situation, and as we're praying, we're going into a situation, and we're praying for somebody else, and the devil starts speaking to our minds, saying, what's going to happen if nothing happens? How is that going to make you look? Am I the only one that ever had that thought? <laughs> yeah, it's just, uh, you know, they're going to be upset with you if things don't happen. As if I'm, you know, a, an entertainer that has to jump through hoops and stuff like that. Amen? But I can tell you what's going to happen if nobody prays for that child. I, I can guarantee you that if all they have is arguing about whether it's God's will or not for people to be healed, if that's all they got, that child is not going to have a future very long on this earth anyway. Do you understand what I'm talking about? So, Brother Bibi, what do you do? You just lay hands on the sick. I said you lay hands on the sick. You speak the name. Amen. Hallelujah. I've got another testimony I want to share with you, but I, I want to... Two minutes now? One minute? <laughs> A lady from one of our churches was washing dishes one day, and she was looking out the window in her kitchen. And as she was looking out at the grass and that, she began to remember when she was young, how they would play in the neighborhood on the grass, and she started thinking about a family that lived next door to them. And she started thinking of this little girl by the name of Betty. They were both about the same age. And uh, she always wondered what ever happened to Betty because Betty was a quadriplegic. And when we come back, I'll tell you a little bit about what Betty looked like. But uh, at this time, this lady that was looking out, she was in her probably about right, mid-50s at that time, okay? And this lady's still alive. I, I'm, I'm still in contact with her. But uh, she just started thinking as she was washing dishes about the little girl that used to be in their neighborhood. For more information and inquiries, please visit our website www.remanigeria.com or you can reach us on 08100163948 or 08076576163.